The Pittsburgh Penguins dropped a tough one to the Nashville Predators on Tuesday night. And for today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, Pat and I are going to recap that game, plus give you our selections for Warrior Helmet Wednesday. You're Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins, joined by my co-host, Patrick Damp. You can follow him on Twitter at Synonym for Wet. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. And finally, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So, Penguins are able to get a point out of this game against the Predators, Pat, but they're not able to get that extra one. They fall just seconds into overtime thanks to a Philip Forsberg breakaway goal. And honestly, let's start the show with that because there was some blatant interference that was not called. And I was watching it in real time. And when that puck went in, I kind of just put my arms out like this, like, are we for real right now? Like, they're not going to call this back and give the Penguins a 4-3 power play in overtime. And when the Penguins were standing on the bench, all the players, Mike Sullivan, and even when the refs went to, it looked like the stuff where they go replay plays and all that, they looked like they were thinking about giving them a penalty, but then they gave it a goal and you saw Mike Sullivan really give it to the officials as he was coming off the ice, dropped a couple F-bombs. I'm not going to repeat that on the show. Brian Russ was giving it to the ref, but that is a call that you have to make in that situation. It is blatant interference. There were some weird Predators fans coming to my mention saying that Sidney Crosby initiated that contact with Ryan O'Reilly. I don't know what these people are seeing. You might need to go make some new eye appointments or something like that, but that is blatant interference. That was a pick play. This isn't basketball. That has to be called there. And it's really unfortunate that it wasn't. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say the Penguins would have scored on the power play because they've been really bad on the power play as of late. But that's still a game-changing call, or no call in this case, that you have to make. And I know I try not to blame officials for losses. That's just a situation, though, where you have you have to do your job, and the officials in that situation didn't. Overall, though, outside of that, Tristan Jari should have played that a little more aggressively. I thought he was too passive when Forsberg was coming in. I think Forsberg was going to get a decent chance no matter what. But I think if Crosby was not interfered with, he would have had at least a shot at maybe slowing him down just a little bit. I don't know what Jake Gensel was doing at the top. I think he was forechecking a little too hard. Carlson was kind of in no man's land a little bit as well. But overall, absolute mess of a play. And it was, again, kind of ruined by the officials not calling an obvious penalty. Yeah, I, I I always say one of two things when it comes to officials. First and foremost, it's what I've said on this podcast before. Just don't put yourself in a position to put it into the officials' hands. Right, that's true. And then along with that, I also say a lot of the times, like, yeah, you can't, rarely can you truly blame officiating, but you can say it played a factor. And Definitely did in this look, case, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but both of those things said last night, that's a blatant missed call. It, that's 
this isn't basketball. You can't run a pick play. It's not, it, it's, it's quite literally interference by the definition of interference in the rule book. If you run a pick in the NHL and in hockey, it's interference. You're not allowed to run picks. You can't, it's just not allowed. And what Ryan O'Reilly did was also, I, I also can't really get mad at him either because that's a veteran savvy play. He knows there's a pretty good chance in overtime. They're not going to call a pick play especially when you do it at the blue line and you make it look like you're just trying to stay on sides. So they're just going to look at that as, ah, two guys collided at it, it, a point in the ice where there's going to be contested ice, and that's a veteran-savvy move. So, I mean, end of the day, ideally, I would like to see that called. I would like to see the Penguins get a four-on-three power play in overtime. But, again, it, you can't sit here and say that, the only reason, and I know you're not doing this, the only reason the Penguins lost the game was a missed call in overtime. Like, you go back and watch it, Carlson doesn't play that very well. Now, granted, he's probably expecting to have some help and doesn't because of said pick play. And same thing with Tristan Jari. He was, he's got to play a breakaway better. He's got to be a little bit more aggressive. He's got to be a little bit further out and, and challenge Forsberg. But I also don't think he expected built Forsberg to have essentially a breakaway. So again, it all stems back to, can you blame it solely on officiating? No, but if you butterfly affect it from the missed call, everything kind of all roads lead back to that. Right. I don't want people to think that I'm just blaming the officiating for this loss because the Penguins did make mistakes, you know, outside of that missed call in overtime. I thought the final 10 minutes were not good from the Penguins. I thought the Predators were really starting to establish their forecheck. Right around that 10-minute mark in the third period, it felt like the Penguins were getting less and less offensive zone time once that 10-minute mark hit in that period. And they were kind of just playing for the point, I think. In that situation, Tristan Jari was coming up really large in numerous situations, making some big-time saves. It honestly felt like the Penguins were trying to lose in the final two to three minutes. There was a play final few minutes of the third period where I believe it was Evgeny Malkin threw a no-look pass to the opposite side of the ice, picked off by a Predators player, and that led to the Malkin line being hemmed in their own zone for a minute. And I was honestly surprised that the Penguins did not get scored on that there to cost them a point. Just because it's just that kind of play you can't make in that situation. And I just didn't really like the final 10 minutes overall. You know, you also... I, I, credit to UC Soros. He played a really strong game those first 45 to 50 minutes and honestly throughout this entire game, I should say. But, you know, Penguins, they would have had another goal before those final 10 minutes of the third. You know, maybe you walk out with a regulation win in that situation. So I'm definitely not going to sit here and say that, again, the officiating is only to blame and all that, you know, other nonsense. The Penguins, they made other mistakes to really lose this game. I will say, though, again, just for the officiating in general, and I'll drop it after this, this was a poorly officiated game in general. I thought on both sides. I thought there were some really soft calls on the Penguins, and there were also some soft calls on the Bears. It's not a good night overall for Stripes. And honestly, I don't think we've said that too much this season so far on this show, but definitely not a banner night overall for them. No, officiating's been, all things considered, consistent. We can complain that, the peng part of the reason the Penguins power play is struggling is that they're not getting as many opportunities you'd like to see them get. But at the same time, we're not watching a game this year where blatant calls are being missed. Right. Very rarely 
We're not seeing a game that is being over officiated where guys call every little thing at every single moment. I do think that there has been this season overall, not just for the Penguins, just in the NHL overall. I do think we're again seeing the trend of officials officiating to the score. Like, oh, if it's two nothing, uh, we'll call something on the team that's up two nothing. Just see if we can get them back in. I hate or that. People, I hate it. So I, yeah, and then and then vice versa. Oh, a team's down two nothing. We might let them get away with a little bit just because they're down two nothing. So, uh, but that's been a trend in the NHL for years now. It's not anything new. So, yeah, I, I, that's the thing about last night is. You watch that game back, and I did a lot of it today. It's just, it was poorly officiated on both sides. And while I'm going to always say I want officiating to be better and be good, if it's going to be bad, be bad on both sides. And it sure was. No, I agree totally. I think that's the last of the officiating that I want to talk about on this show. We've got a lot more to talk about when it comes to this game coming up in the second segment. We got to get into it getting Malkin's beautiful missile goal, Brian Russ getting his first goal coming back. And then, of course, we have Warrior Helmet Wednesday to end the show. But again, I think that will do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, Pat and I are going to get into how the Penguins put up, again, a really strong effort in this one. And we'll get to get some positives out of this one as well. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host, Patrick Dam. So there's some positives to still take out of this game. I've said it multiple times on the show already. I really like the Penguins' effort for the first 45 to 50 minutes in this one. They were getting plenty of chances. UC Soros was up to the task. We said coming into this, I know he's been bad this year, but he was stringing together a couple solid starts, and he played like a top-five goalie in the league in that game. He has the ability to do that. And honestly, if he continues to turn his season around – Predators might be in the playoff race later on this season. I'll, I'll say that. He was very good. Outside of that, though, I thought the Penguins also defended the middle of the ice really well in their own zone. Even you know, during those final 10 minutes, the Predators, they got some chances, but the Penguins still did a decent job at limiting them to the outside, especially those first 45 to 50 minutes. Again, there was probably a goal or two they could have had earlier on. Saros just made a couple of really nice saves. But overall, man... I really liked the effort that I saw in this one. And that's backed up by the data. I mean, as well, the Penguins had 55% of the shot attempts at five on five, 59% of the scoring chances, and they held the Predators to only six high danger chances at five on five. So I will gladly take that any day of the week. I think if you were to replay this game, the Penguins would probably win this seven out of 10 times, maybe eight. They would win it more times than they would lose it. Yeah, and you look at the two goals they gave up in the first period, and the first goal for Michael McCarron, which shout out to him, he was a nailer when I was there, so shout out to him. Good to see a guy that was on a team I used to work for doing well on the show. 
But um, you look at him, his first goal, that's just a great tip. Like, you can't really – like, yeah, you can say, oh, the defense should move him out, and I don't disagree. But at the same time, think about how fast the sport moves. Guy fires a shot from the point. Your immediate thought is to either block it or give your goalie a lane to see it, and that's what they did. And McCarron just tipped it perfectly, and it goes in. Second one, on the other hand, that's a defensive breakdown. They, they your defense literally screened Tristan Jari. Like, like Phil Bork said it on the radio because my um, we'll go with high seas stream did not quite buffer well enough for me to watch the second period. So I was listening on the radio, and Phil Bork, when I watched the replay of or uh, when I watched the replay. He said, and I, I compared it with what he said on the radio. Tristan Jari had no idea where the puck was, and that's not a that's not an insult or critique of Tristan Jari. He was so screened because there were so many bodies in front because the Penguins didn't move them that they just all McCarron had to do was put the puck on the net, and he wasn't and Jari wasn't going to see it. So that's the bad part. The other the other thing I'll say though is last night's game was a weird one because. Predators score two in the first, but the Penguins controlled play. They deserved better after that period. They they were yeah. the better team. They were. And and again, it's another issue of you look at last night's game, and we're going to talk about it until we're blue in the face, but guess what the problem was again? Just say it. Just say it. A power play. Yep. It, there were multiple opportunities for this power play, or two, but – Big opportunities for this team to get back into the game on the power play, and they just didn't. No, but no, end of the but but end of the day, Western Conference game, they battle back from down two nothing with the way this this season has gone. I'm happy with that effort, and I think again, I'm on your side. You play that game ten times, eight or nine of them, the Penguins win it. I agree, and I understand this is a results oriented business. You need to start stringing together a couple big winning streaks. That said, you know, you get the point. You're tied with the Devils, who have also struggled this year. You're one point behind the Islanders, who also continue to struggle. You're one point out of fourth where the Capitals are. You're two points out of third. There is still time here to turn this around. Any points right now are good to the Penguins. Obviously, you're looking for wins. You're looking to get these streaks together. But you got at least a point there. There were some positives. You can take that into Tampa Bay. On Thursday, we'll preview that game on for the Thursday edition of the show. We'll have that up for you all Thursday morning, a place where the Penguins have performed really well over these last couple of years. So I'm not going to sit here and be a total negative Nancy overall. There, there were plenty of things that I did like at this one. You, you discussed the power play, which you know that was the main thing that we didn't like outside of the officiating, which we're not going to bring up again. The power play, it felt like when both power plays happened, I don't think the Penguins had a single scoring chance on either of those two. Not that I can recall, like at least not when I look at my notes for the show for today. They didn't do anything on those power play opportunities. And again, you can continue to change the personnel all you want. I don't think anything is going to change until you get a new power play coach in there. I said it during Tuesday. I'll keep saying it until I'm blue in the face as well. I don't need to talk about that at this point. Pop, more positives though. Nice to see Evgeny Malkin get back on the score sheet. He was struggling, I think, for the last week, week and a half, two weeks. Rob Rossi had a really good interview with him on The Athletic where he was discussing that and the team in general. And, you know, Malkin finds the score sheet, cuts the lead to 2-1 for a time. What a missile of a shot that was, by the oh, way. And then great. Brian Rust, 
ties the game early on in the third period. Welcome back to Brian. A balance that the Penguins really haven't gotten all year, but one that they definitely deserved in that game, considering they were still outplaying the Predators at that point. So again, there were some positives to, to take away. It wasn't a full negative, but again, at some point, man, we're going to have to start getting some results here and going on some winning streaks. You can't keep doing this win, loss, win, loss, win, loss all season. You're just going to finish what 41 and 41 at that yeah, point. No. It, it's got to be better still. Eventually. Yeah, you're right. Eventually you have to start stringing some wins together. Another positive I want to take out of last night's game. And part of it is an actual positive. The other part of it is caveman brain kicking in for me. What game by John Ludwig, man. What an absolute monster of a game. And gets on the score sheet with an assist, which is huge. But as a 23-year-old defenseman in the NHL, the guy's 6'1", 213. And he plays every bit of 6'1", 213. Throws hits, plays physical, is absolutely fearless because you could see it last night. If there were any lingering fears or symptoms from that concussion, were not obvious because he was throwing big hits all night. And then he goes and fights McCarron, who's not a small guy. And it was a battle of a fight. And that's the caveman brain part of me where I was like, you know what? If you got the size and you got the guy who wants to go with you, just go. Like as much as I don't want to see, as much as I is fighting worries me in the NHL because of all the negative side effects we've learned about it. It's still here. It's still a thing. And if you can use it to your advantage, you know what? Go for it. And Ludwig said it after the game as much. He said, "Listen, I was taking runs all night, and was. I was expect, and I was expecting at some point for whether it was McCarron or someone else to ch- to challenge me to drop the gloves. So I was ready and." I I'm not of the, of the camp that thinks the penguins need to get bigger and tougher, but it certainly doesn't hurt in Ludwig. It's not like he can't skate. It's not like the guy's slow. He can move. He's okay with the puck. And if he's going to be a physical presence, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no to it. Let's face it. I don't think the penguins have a true tough guy on this team. Someone that can, I guess, really fight. I mean, they got a couple guys who can lay the boom at times, but there's not someone who you know you can count on for like a massive open ice hit or anything like that. And, you know, John Ludwig, you're right. He was throwing the body around quite a bit during that game. You know, got his butt kicked a little bit in the fight. You know, it's close to a Gordie Howe hot trick as well. But if he can keep skating like this, you know, producing a little bit more offensively, you know, maybe he will have a spot in this lineup even when P.O. Joseph is ready to come back from his injury. Mike Sullivan said he's continuing to make progress from that. But, you know, ever since he's come back, you know, Ludwig, I'm, continue to be at least a little impressed with him to say the least. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't say I, I don't like his game. I mean, numbers back it up. He's got an assist now. And he, again, he, we, we've said on this pod a million times when you're on the bottom pairing, I don't really want to notice you. And if I notice you, it should be positive. And with Ludwig, it's been positive. I agree. I, I guess a couple other positives. I thought Lars Eller played a really good game. Again, he continues to, Really string together some really strong performances as of late. I was kind of surprised that they had Harkins in the lineup over Nylander. This was before he got sent down the next day. I just don't really know what Jansen Harkins is good at in the NHL at this point. I think even though Wilkesbury doesn't have a lot of talent, Pat, there's got to be someone else that you can put in the lineup over him for as long as these injuries continue to affect the Penguins. And I know they got Russ back last night, but Raquel is out longer term. Still got a couple other guys out as well. But overall, 
there's got to be someone else, I think, better than Harkins at this point. You know, I was willing to give him a shot when they claimed him off waivers, but, you know, in the few games that we saw earlier on this year, in the second sample that we've gotten now, I just don't think he's cut out to be a full-time NHLer at this point. No, so far, I, and it's, uh, he hasn't been bad. He's just been unimpressive. That's the best way I can describe him is just unimpressive. And while he doesn't need to be great, he doesn't need to be, you know, some elite forward they call up. He's He's got to be something more than just unimpressive. So I, I agree with you. Like there's got to be somebody else or somebody different to play in his place. I, I, I don't know what they're seeing in him, but I'm not an NHL coach, so. Right. And hey, I didn't mean to lump that into the more positives category. I just, it came up. So I was like, you know what? Let's just bring it up right now. But I think that'll do it for this second segment coming up to end the show. It's Wednesday. You all know what that means. Warrior Helmet Wednesday. Pat and I might have the same choice for this one. We'll have to see on that. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. That's where game time comes in. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from receipt, and their best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can also see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And you can also buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes, joined by the best co-host on the planet, Patrick Damp, of course. Thank you all so much for making this your first lesson slash watch of the day. So, Pat, you know what time it is. It's Warrior Helmet Wednesday. Who are you taking for this one? Because you know we might have the same one. So I'm going to let you go first to see if you're picking who I'm picking. I think we are going to have the same one. And for those of you who may not know, who may be new to the segment, Warrior Helmet Wednesdays when Hunter and I pick our player of the week, similar to how the Penguins did during the 2016 Stanley Cup run. We're giving them our proverbial warrior helmet that they will wear to show that they were the player of the week. So as Hunter said, uh, I think we are going to have the same one. I'm giving my warrior helmet this week to one Tristan Jari. I think that he has had a pretty solid week, all things considered. Uh, we The numbers might not look good for last night, but Penguins played well defensively, and there were two bad breaks for him uh, last night when he was – when he gave up the two goals in the first period, same thing with the overtime goal, bad break. But outside of that, he was absolutely incredible against the Rangers in a one, nothing loss with a nine seventy two save percentage. Same thing against a high flying Toronto team puts up a nine thirty nine, And he's just been, he has been exactly what we've needed him to be for the past couple of weeks. He's really turned his game around. And I think he's very deserving of the warrior helmet this week. 
Yeah, you did take that one right out of my mouth, didn't you? But yeah, I, I'm also giving my interest in Jari. He was excellent in that game against the Rangers last night, was the main reason why the Penguins were in that game until the very end, made save after save after save throughout those 60 minutes against the Rangers. Was pretty solid, honestly, against the Predators on Tuesday night. I know you wanted him to be a little more aggressive on that overtime goal, but you know sometimes that happens. He was great against Toronto over the weekend almost basically won them the game a little bit in the third period with some of the saves he made, especially when the Leafs had one of their power plays in the third period. Outside of a few clunkers from Jari this year, he has been mostly very solid. And right now, you know, he came into last night, sixth in goals above expected. He's now 12th, dropped down a little bit, but he still saved five goals above expected this year. His save percentage on unblocked shots, if you look at Money Puck, 957. I mean, he has a 2.48 goals against average overall. 916 save percentage. I mean, that's all situations as well. He's been good. Again, outside of a few bad games, one of them was New Jersey. He has played good and maybe even exceeded some people's expectations a little bit this season. And if he can continue to play like this and stay healthy the rest of the season and you get strong goaltending from Alex Delgovich or you continue to get strong goaltending from him, the Penguins, I, I do think they will find themselves in a playoff spot because it's pretty rare when a team gets goaltending this good and misses the playoffs, but we all know what the problems are with this team. But I would give it to Jari as well. If I had to do a runner-up for this week, I would maybe do Noah Chari. His beautiful snipe against the Maple Leafs was a thing of beauty, man. And he's really started to play better. That's the way these last couple of games, I've really noticed him a lot more compared to early on in the season. And if I guess I had another runner-up, Pat, Lars Eller. I think he's been really sound as of late too. Nolachari is a good runner up because ironically enough, he started to look like the Nolachari we saw in Toronto against Toronto. Yep. So that's really good to see. The other thing I wanted to add on Jari is, you know, you, you name all those uh, analytics and, and advanced stats about his game so far. You just look at the top line numbers. I mean, the last three games, one goal against two goals against three goals against that's an average of two a game. And in this modern NHL and with this Penguins roster that has a lot of firepower, Two goals again should be more than enough for your team to win. So I, I really have to keep praising Tristan Jari as long as he keeps playing this well. And yeah, I'm with you on Lars Eller, man. Like we were both kind of on the fence, I'd say, and probably a lot closer to off the fence about him not being a good option at third line center. But last month or so, he has completely shut us up. Yeah, and I, I like that. I hope he continues to shut me up for the rest of the season, honestly. So I think that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Well, actually, one thing did come to mind. I liked Roe Connor's game last night on the Malkin line with Riley Smith. It's two strong games in a row from him. I did not mind him on the second line at all. And uh, you're, go ahead. You're, you're singing the praises right there for this one, right? I called it. Yep, he did. Pat cooked on that one, my friends. But... Well, I think he'll continue to stay on that line until Raquel is ready to come back in right now. There's really no word on a time frame. It's just still longer term on that one. But I liked his game on Geno's line with Riley Smith against Nashville, and I think that's going to continue going forward. It came after a really strong effort on Sid's line against Toronto. Yeah, two good games in a row from DOC. But overall, that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Pat and I will be back on Thursday morning to preview the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then on Friday, we'll recap that game, get you all set for the first of two against the Philadelphia Flyers starting on Saturday. Then we'll recap that game for you all on Monday, get you all set for the second half of that home and home. But again, 
Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We'll be back on Thursday morning.